This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Matthew chapter 11, and uh, I'm going to grab my holy iPad and jump right in. And um, by the way, I do want to acknowledge before I jump into the teaching today, my beautiful wife is right here on the front row, and she's unbelievable. She is pregnant right now with our fourth child. And she looks stunning and radiant. She is the queen of our world. Yesterday, my son was being disrespectful to his mother. And so I stepped in as the father. I said, son, don't you ever speak to our queen that way again. He didn't understand what I meant, but I did. But can you put your hands together? Thank God for my beautiful wife being so amazing. Queen of our world. Hey, if you're new to our church, we've been talking about grace for the last couple months. And we're in a brand new series called A Wild Gospel Called Grace. Had a friend screenshot the podcast this last week, and, uh, and he sent it back to me. And he goes, are you kidding me? What a title, a wild gospel called grace. And I thought, you know, the reality is we do not believe that Jesus is tame. We don't believe that Jesus is quiet. We don't believe Jesus is reserved for perfect people. Our theology is not that Jesus is just for religious folk, but anybody thankful that the gospel found you before you had a clue, before you said yes? Come on, somebody can get some faith this morning if you're grateful that Jesus came and found you. What a wild gospel. Remember, the law would never come to you. The law demanded perfection. The law demanded something you could never live up to, a standard you could never uphold. But Jesus, in the New Testament, Jesus comes and touches the darkest areas of your heart. And I believe that Jesus is so good, he doesn't just want to come to the areas of our life that are dark, but I believe that the gospel is so good that it will go to the darkest places of society. Jesus is not afraid of going into any atmosphere, any place, any club, any place where there's uh, even the demonic or witchcraft or people that are not believers. Come on, the gospel is for all of us. Somebody say amen. I want to preach a message out of one of my favorite portions of Scripture. And I want to teach today about the accuracy of who Jesus is. Perhaps in your lifetime, you thought God was something that he's not. And I want to show you today in Scripture exactly who Jesus is. Matthew 11, verses 18 and 19. It says, For John came neither eating nor drinking. And they said of him, Oh, for sure he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, Here he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. So read verse 19 again, talking about Jesus. When the Son of Man is written, it's really a reference of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of Man. When the Son of Man, Jesus, came, he was came eating and drinking. Anybody know that when Jesus lived, he was not gluten-free. Can I get a witness in the church? He came drinking. Hello. He turned water into wine. Thank you, Jesus. And, um, and they say, here he is, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. You write down the title of today's message. It's called Friend of Sinners. Friend of Sinners. And I want to believe today that God will open up our eyes and open up our ears and let us understand that Jesus is our friend. 
It's one thing to believe that Jesus loves people that really need God and they really need help, but it's a whole other sense of security when you understand that God loves you and God is for you. Amen? Can I just encourage you today? God is not mad at you. God is not looking at you angrily. In fact, when God looks at you, he is pleased. He's got a smile on his face because when God looks at you, he doesn't even see you. He sees Jesus. Jesus has stood in your place, become a living sacrifice for you. He became sin, so all the shame was on Jesus. I got a text message from somebody yesterday, and they text, and they said, Why? Why did, um, why did Jesus say on the cross, My God, why have you forsaken me? And I texted him back a long, long text message. I said, You know, in that moment, when Jesus says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's actually the first time that Jesus had ever experienced separation between God and him. All of the sin of the world was now upon Jesus. All of the shame, all of the guilt was upon him. And remember, this was God's idea, not Jesus' idea. Jesus prayed in the desert, God, if there's a way, don't make me do this. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. And he stood on the cross and he said, my God, why have you forsaken me? Translation, I feel the separation. Come on, Jesus took your punishment. He took your shame. So you and I, come on, can have freedom. Come on, we can have excitement. But more than that, we can become righteous. Come on, let me excited today that you're the righteousness of God. Come on, let's pray together. We're going to believe that God will speak and that the AC will work. Amen. It's getting hot in here. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. We acknowledge that you are good, you're kind, you're loving, you're gracious. God, we are thanking you today for your, your holy scriptures. Jesus, you said these verses, they point to you. And so we're acknowledging the fact that you are good, you're kind, and you're loving. Lord, speak to us in a great, profound way. We love you more than life itself. And God, we're believing that this year the L.A. Lakers will win the national championship. I'm sorry, the NBA championship. In Jesus' name, and we all said together, come on, let's put our hands together for the NBA championship, not the national championship. I'm excited about college football. Um, anybody by show of hands here today, you are, you are excited about the friendships, the friends that you have. Let me just see your hand. If you got good friends, you love your friends, what about your friends? Just, I'll, lo I'll tell you what, listen, there's nothing better in life than having good friends. Not like just like acquaintances and people that you know like on social media, but come on, am I appreciate anybody today, you got some good friends. Like some ride or die friends, you know what I'm talking about? Like I think that one of the greatest things you can collect in life is collecting friends. Like I love, fr I got friends in all shapes and sizes. I got friends in all kinds of socioeconomic backgrounds. I got rich friends and poor friends. I got Mexican friends. Hello, church. I got white friends. I got all kinds of friends. I love friends. I've always thought to myself, listen, you can take away my money. You can take away my stuff, but you can't take away my friends. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, are you thankful for your good friends today? I was thinking about, you know, just friends that come and go. And sometimes, you know, Friendship, we, you know, we want it to last forever, but sometimes, you know, like, you remember your high school friends or your college friends, you remember friends for a season, and not that they're not your friends anymore, but you remember you lived life with those people for a season, you were with them all the time, and now you can look back and remember them and go like, 
Man, that, that, was one of my, that was one of my closest friends ever. I was thinking back when I first got saved, when I first said yes to Jesus. I remember I was getting out of some stuff in my life. I was in high school. I was one of those white kids that really wanted to be black. Like super. And I remember I was, I was, I was just coming out of some stuff in my life. And, and I remember asking, I was, I was like, God, I'll serve you. I'll, I'll give you my life. I just need one friend. I remember God just showing me this one guy. He's like, I, this is going to be your one friend. And when God showed me this friend, I was like, God, um, could I choose another friend? Like, like this is, he's cool, but he's not like cool like my old friends. But this guy, he was, he was a good guy. Like he loved God. But my only issue was like he was just, he was really hairy. No, like his hair was just insane. Like he had, like you ever go to the beach with somebody and they got a carpet on their back? You know what I'm talking about? Like there's just, he got, he just had hair everywhere. Like you know you got hair all over your body when hair coming at your toenails. You know what I'm saying? Like he was that kind of guy. Just like I was like, God, I'm, I don't know about this guy. But God would end up using this guy. We would start a Bible study together. We'd start praying together and reading the Bible. All of a sudden this guy became my closest friend. And I'd spend about the next eight to ten years just riding or die, growing in Jesus, spending all my time with this guy. Come on, anybody thankful today that God knows how to send good friends into your world? Come on, anybody thankful today that the Bible says iron sharpens iron? Come on, so one man sharpens another. Come on, somebody just thank God today that you got friends in this church. Come on, somebody thank God today that God is sending people to your connect group, people that you can serve on the dream team together, people that you can go through growth track together. Come on, you and I, we're part of a community that we have friends. Friends, I say this all the time, don't you come to a church and look around and not know anybody. This place, you should have some of your best friends here. That's an opportunity for us in community to know friendship. I want to talk today about Jesus being the friend that sticks closer than a brother. I love this about Jesus. You know that grace is not a principle. We've been saying grace is a person, and Jesus is grace, and Though he, though he created it all, though he was God, became man, walked this earth, lived a perfect life, and for some reason, this guy calls you and I a friend. This is, this is mind-blowing, that the king of the universe is my friend. I love this verse here in Matthew 11. His first reference is John. They said, you know, when John came, they thought so bad about him and they hated on him. And now when Jesus came, they thought so bad about him and they hated on him. Can I just encourage you, if you got some haters in your life, you're doing something right. And most people are hating on you because they wish that they could be doing what you're doing. If you got haters in your world, it's a sign that people are jealous and they're envious of the thing that God's doing through you and in you. And they wish they could step into the atmosphere that you're stepping into. So if you got a hater and you got naysayers, it's always a sign that you're doing something right. Somebody say amen. So they start hating on John. And they start hating on Jesus. And, and by the way, when you, when you got haters in your world, they're never satisfied with anything that you're doing, are they? So they hate on John, they hate on Jesus, and they watch what they say about Jesus. They go, we can't figure this guy out. He's a friend of tax collectors and notorious sinners. Like, notor like very famous sinners. It's one thing to be sinners like you and I. It's another thing when everybody knows about your sin. They're notorious sinners, 
and they're tax collectors. Remember, in this era, in this day, tax collectors were the scum of the scum. They were the worst of the worst. In fact, there was not a more derogatory term you could call somebody. If you were a tax collector, it's, it would be the equivalent of someone being from the IRS and coming to us and taxing us more than they should tax us and even having a relationship with someone from the IRS. It, remember, when Zacchaeus got saved, he was a tax collector. And when he got saved, he actually told Jesus, I'm a tax collector, but I'll pay back what I've robbed. Tax collectors were cruel, they were evil, they were mean, they were thugs. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, and he's getting meals, eating pita bread and hummus with notorious sinners and tax collectors. They called him a friend of sinners. Now, it's so interesting to me is that you and I, we read stuff like this and we're like, man, that's so cute about God. He hangs out with people that are just bad and they need Jesus so bad. And, he'd, he'd, you know, in this era, it means he'd probably go to the club. And Jesus is just, he's so unbelievable. But can I twist that around on us today? That Isn't it amazing that you and I are sinners and Jesus calls us a friend? Come on, I want you to write down point number one today. What a friend I've found. What if I cannot believe that God of the universe, Jesus Christ, he calls me a friend. Like if you ever want to name drop that you know so-and-so, if you ever get in a social circumstance and you're like, who, who can I name drop that I know? You should just drop like, I'm friends with Jesus. Like, I'll never forget, I went out to coffee with this friend of mine, and he, he had a tattoo right here and a tattoo right here. And I was like, man, they're like just really cool-looking tattoos. And I was like, bro, what, what, what does your tattoo right here say? And he's like, oh, this, this is friend. And I was like, wow, that's such a cool tattoo. I was like, what does the other side say? And he's like, oh, that means God. And I was like, are you friend God? That's amazing. He's like, yeah, on my chest, it's really big. It says of friend of God. And you ever be like socially, you got to like hide your face? I was like, he's like, ah, just kidding. I don't got the of. I was like, thank God, because I was about to laugh. But I like that he's like, I'm a friend of God. God's my friend. Watch how good of a friend he is. Look here in Proverbs as it comes on the screen. I love this verse. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Can I tell you today, Jesus is your best friend. Jesus is the only friend in your life that says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Jesus sticks close through thick times and thin times, in the good and the bad, through the mountains and the valleys. Jesus said, I'm going to be with you, ride or die. I'm a friend of sinners like you. Did you know that in the New Testament, Jesus says, I don't call you a servant anymore. I actually call you a friend. Watch here as it comes on the screen if you don't believe me. I love these scriptures right here. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you, what's that word? Friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I want to just tell you something today about Jesus. Jesus calls you friend. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen those, those hoodies or hats, you know, when they, they say, Jesus is my homeboy. And I don't know how I feel about it, but I like what they're trying to say. Because Jesus is still my master, and he's still my Lord, and I still serve him. I am a servant of God. Come on, somebody. I am his servant, and while I'm serving him, he doesn't look at me or view me as a servant. He treats me as a friend. 
what a friend I found. I remember times in my life where I found this guy in high school when I was trying to, you know, really get right with God. And, you know, time would pass and I would think, man, what a great friend I found. And I, I can look back in seasons of my life where friends have emerged. The friend that I need came to my side. The friend, you know, sometimes you and I, we, we don't see it coming when God sends a friend your way. We, we think a friend might have to listen to what you listen to or dress the way that you dress. But what I found about God is God knows how to send the right people at the right time to your life. And I want to encourage you today that God's going to keep on sending the right people into your world. God, listen, God uses the same thing that the devil uses. God and the enemy, they both use people. So the, the, the evil one is going to use somebody in your life. But anybody believe today that God will use somebody in your life. And when God wants to bless you, the first thing that he does, come on, church, he doesn't send you a check. He doesn't send you a building. He doesn't give you a house. But anybody thankful today that when God really wants to bless you, he sends you something. Somebody, come on, give him a little bit of praise today. Oh, I love this. What a friend I've found. I have found so many great friends in my life. My queen, my wife, she's my best friend in the world. But even her friendship cannot even come close to the friendship I have with Jesus. Jesus is the only friend that is the most constant. Jesus is the only friend that only speaks life over you. Jesus is the only friend that's always carrying joy and always carrying peace. Jesus is the only friend that always includes you. Jesus is the only friend that is the one that says, I've created a path and a better plan. What a friend I found. He, nobody else would die for me on a cross. Nobody else would get up out the grave. Nobody else would put a plan of God for my life. Come on, y'all give some praise today if you're thankful. What a friend I found. Who would have thought that I'd be friends with the Most High God? I'm a friend of Jesus. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, calls me a friend. In other words, write this down. Grace isn't for sinners like them. Grace is for sinners like me. Oh, I can't stand starving bakers. I can't stand people that come to church and they hear a message like, mm, 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 my friend needs to hear that word. Oh, so-and-so, that was for them. And we sit there, we li- we're in church, and we're like, oh, that's for, that's for my kids, that's for my coworkers, that's for so-and-so. No, listen, when you start to understand grace, the good news of the gospel is not for some sinners that are drunk, some sinners that are, gl- are, are gluttons. No, the good news of Jesus being our friend is that grace is not for all those other people. Grace is for us. You can go through every story in the Gospels. You can go through every character, and I can see my brokenness. I can see my life in every story. Blind Bartimaeus, oh, I've been so many times in my life. I have been blind. I haven't been able to see. I haven't known which way is up, and Jesus has come in my life and opened my eyes. What about the woman who was caught in sin? I've been so many times in my life. I've had seasons of sin, seasons where I didn't know what I was doing, how to get free. Jesus has showed up and said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Oh, I've been at the well before like the woman and I've been sitting there going like I've been trying everything to satisfy me everything to fulfill me and nothing can fulfill me Jesus showed up and said I'm the living water come on I can see it in legion I can see it in the the father with the sick child come on somebody thank God today grace isn't for some sinners out there come on church grace is for people like you and I that need the gospel to run wild in our lives come on somebody praise them today Don't you have this belief that the gospel needs to run wild into our clubs and and dark spaces of our society? I need the gospel in my life. 
I'm broken. I'm hurting. I need Jesus. I've got things in my life. I need Jesus to come and touch the areas of my world like the man with the withered hand that was afraid to give him that issue. I need Jesus to come and say, come on, stretch it out, man. I'll come and heal you. I'll bring life to you. The gospel's not for them. Come on, church. The gospel's for us. Oh, I love that story. That story of the two guys that walk into church. And this is self-righteousness. The guy walks into the church and he looks around and he goes, Woo! Thank you, Jesus, that I'm not like all these people. They are really struggling, aren't they, God? Look at their issues. Look at their pain. Look at all the stuff that they're trying to jump through. He said, God, thank you that I'm not like any of them. And then God said, another man walked in. Couldn't even lift his head. Beat his chest. Let's read. Watch what this man says. Put it up there on the screens. You put the verses up on the screens. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. You know, the reality is, is that you and I, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The moment you stop seeing yourself as a sinner is the moment you'll become self-righteous before God. And you start thinking, I'm better than other people. Thank God I'm not like so-and-so. Thank God I don't have this. Thank God I'm above them. And all of a sudden, you lose this sense of gratitude. God, thank you that though I'm a sinner, I'm saved by grace. Can I encourage you today, church? Before we can ever give away grace, we got to receive grace. Before we can ever say the gospel's for you, we got to believe the gospel's for us. I am thankful today. Woe is me. I am a wretched man. In fact, Paul said, I'm the chief of all the sinners. There's not a bigger sinner than me, Paul would write. You know, there's something about somebody that has a realization that the grace of God and the good news of the gospel is not for people out there that are unchurched. It's still for people like you and I that come to church, that are trying to serve God. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank God today. Grace isn't for everybody out there. Come on, come on, Zoe. But come on, grace is for us. And so here's what we do. We, we, we just, we're kind of like, man, I cannot believe this. Jesus is eating and drinking with me? Oh, man, I know what I've done. I know what I've seen. I know where I've been. And yet Jesus wants to come to my house and break bread and call me a friend? Oh, well, then if I'm going to receive this kind of grace, then that's going to help me walk in this kind of grace. Right now, point number three, we receive grace so we can live grace. In other words, I'm not just going to have a meal with Jesus, break bread with him, thank him for calling me a friend, put on the hat, Jesus is my homeboy, and let him walk away and stay in my sin. No, grace has come to deliver me and bring freedom to my world. I just want to tell you the mission of Zoe Church. If you're a part of our community, we are passionate and committed to four things. We want you to know God. We want you to find freedom. We want you to discover your gift. And we want you to make a difference in the world. Know God. 
find freedom, discover your grace, and make a difference. Come on, join the dream team. I just want to tell you, Jesus is going to rock up to your table, tell you what a friend he is to you, and when that happens, you are never going to be the same because grace is the agent that changes us. Come on, grace is the agent that heals us. Jesus has come so that I don't have to just have a moment of grace, but I can now live in grace. Come on, somebody thank God today if you're living in grace today. In other words, grace changes everything. Jesus changes everything. I cannot stay the same. Some of you have tried to go back and do that thing that you used to do, but it doesn't do anything for you. And we're not preaching a grace that's going to give you a favor for a promotion and not give you a favor for a life change. Come on, church. He's not the God of behavior modification. He is the God of life transformation. Come on, somebody give him some praise today. And when you start living this stuff out, walking out the grace of God, what begins to happen is people that used to know who you were, they are blown away, not by you, but by God. They're going, are you for real? Wait, wait, hold on, because, man, I remember you back in the day. Like, remember when, remember those trips to Vegas? Wow. And, uh, and you are not the same person I can tell I can sense I can I read your life and you read a different story let me just say this to some people this morning the reason why you you're feeling what you're feeling is because the narrative of your life has changed hasn't it let me show you what the scripture says about what you're walking in right now watch what Paul says here to the church in Corinth about their lives being changed, and watch here, you're a letter that's being read. You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on our hearts to be known, oh, I love this part, and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of hearts. Translation, when you and I walk Los Angeles, people are reading a letter of Christ's love. In other words, church, hear me. You might be the only Bible somebody will ever read. You're walking around and you are a testimony of Jesus being a friend of sinners. You're walking around and people can tell you're not the same person I used to know. You don't just receive grace, but now you're living in grace. Come on, am I preaching to anybody that is not telling the same story you were telling a year ago? Come on, you're not telling the same story you were living six months ago. Has anybody been changed by the blood of the Lamb? The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, give them a shout today. People are reading the love of God through your lifestyle. You don't have to say nothing because you are something. Oh, I love this about what the Bible's saying. People are reading it. They can sense it. This wasn't written in a moleskin. This was written on your heart. Grace came. You received it, and you're living it out. The gospel that we are preaching is not a gospel to stay in this room. It's not a gospel so we can stay in our home. But everywhere we go, we are going to emit the fragrance of Christ. We are going to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ. We're going to prove that this gospel is so wild, it will sit with sinners that are as wretched as you and I. 
Please, no one will read your narrative that says, oh, God is so good. He's going to sit with somebody like you. No, people will only hear if you say, no, God was so good. He sat with somebody like me. Jesus, I want to preach today. He He is so good that he came. Do you realize how broken you were before him? Can you remember? I mean, lost, lost. I was lost. In church, lost. And Jesus came and sat and called me a friend. I could cry because Jesus is so good. He calls us a friend. The gospel is so wild. It's not for robbers and evildoers and adulterers like this self-righteous guy thought. It was for the tax collector that walked in and said, Oh, God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for embracing me. Thank you for not causing shame. Thank you not, for not making me feel guilty about what I've done. Thank you for embracing me and loving me and being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And you could have called me a servant, but you called me a friend. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. We don't want to just receive this thing. We want to live this thing. <laughs> Worship team, you can come join me. And just want to, I want to give you the last thing today. Because of this reality, write down point number four. We are salt. We are light and we are unafraid. Listen, this is the reality that when Jesus comes to your dinner table and Jesus comes to your cafeteria and Jesus comes and looks you in the eye and says, you are my friend. I am committed to you. I died for you. I went to the cross because of my love for you. I'm going to ride with you no matter what you do. You can turn your back on me, but I will never turn my back on you. I call you friend. I am Lord. I am Savior, but I'm friend. And when you experience that kind of thing, can I just encourage you today? You have become righteous because of Jesus. This righteousness that you receive in Christ, it's not by being so Christian. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. And when, when I become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, let me encourage a few people here today because some of us, we remember Jesus coming and pulling us out of darkness and we remember who the friends were and we remember what, what God was doing in that life that season And some of us are afraid because now we're righteous and we're wondering, how do I go back and try and shine? How do I go back and be salt? How do I go back? Church, can I just tell you this today? Please understand this theologically. You cannot be righteous and become again unrighteous. In other words, God's not in heaven going like, okay, you were righteous for January, February, March, and then unrighteous in the spring. And then summertime, June righteous. And then August, very unrighteous. That's not God. God is not a God that he should change his mind. When you believe in Jesus, you're righteous. Jesus was not afraid to go hang out with sinners because he was actually infecting them with his holiness. He was putting his holiness and his righteousness and his grace in their life. I want to tell you, Zoe Church, we are unafraid to go to any dark place in our society. We are unafraid to interact with anybody that might not believe what we believe, might not look the way we believe. Come on, somebody, thank God today that we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We are going to go to places that other people would never go because we're not afraid. We're righteous. Now listen here, we're not going into these kind of places to participate in this kind of stuff to stay relevant so we can reach people. Jesus never compromised who he was because he didn't have to be unrighteous to make them righteous. 
But I just want to tell you today, we're going to prove to Los Angeles what Jesus proved to us. That he loves sinners like us. Please don't ever, oh, I hate it. It bothers me so much. I do not like when people are like, you know, we, we, we hate the sin, but we love the sinner. As if, as if to say, like, man, I, I hate what they're doing, but I'm going to look past it, and I'm going to love the sinner. Jesus did not approach you going like, I hate what you do, but I love who you are. Jesus just walked up and made people feel the embrace and the warmth of who he was. I pray that we'd walk our city and live in our world with a sense that we're not afraid to shine bright. We're not afraid to be salt. We're not afraid to be righteous because Jesus showed up in our world. He called us a friend. He showed up in our world and he said, I love you so much. I die for your sins. And I'm believing that out of that love, we're not just going to receive grace, but we're going to live grace. And we're not going to be afraid to go to any part of our society, not to our coworkers, not to our family members. Come on, not to any place in Los Angeles, any place in our world to shine bright for the glory of God. And people are going to read your letter. They're going to read your life and they're going to say, wait a second. God isn't what I thought he was. God isn't who I thought he was. He's actually better. He's actually more good, more gracious, more kind than I ever imagined, than I ever thought. Come on, somebody thank God today that you're actually going to allow people to see the goodness and the grace of God. Come on, somebody thank God today in Zoe, Los Angeles. There's a group of people that are saying, God, if you can use anybody in this world, you can use me. I can't believe that you love me. I'm going to go out and prove that you love people this way. Come on, Zoe. We're going to stand to our feet right now. We're going to sing up this worship song. Come on, if you believe it today, let's worship our God. Let's praise our King. Let's thank our Savior. Come on, let's worship Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.